And this is what they said. Long ago, when the old world passed away and the new one began, everything was quiet. The nations spoke softly, and only the sounds of suffering were loud. The grandfathers noticed that something seemed to be missing from this new world. The southern grandfather, who watched over the spirits of those coming and going, observed, None of the nations are singing. The others nodded at his observation and shook their heads, amazed that they'd forgotten to teach the new birds their songs. So one by one they called upon their winged ones to send their spokesmen. First came Lark, then Whippoorwill, then Nightingale, continuing until all had been given their song of power and gratitude. The grandfathers instructed them, Each morning when sun rises, some of you will sing your songs. Others will sing during the day or at sunset, and a few of you will sing only at night. Immediately, the nations grew happier. Now the human beings began to copy the birds, and soon, too, they had learned their own songs. One season, a human child was born with no voice. As he grew, the other children made fun of his silence, and the adults pitied him. He grew apart from his people, spending time with his relatives in the forest. He learned to love them as his own people caring for them with his five fingers, tending the injured and the weak. All his forest relatives came to think of him as one of their own. The seasons sped by, and the boy grew into a young man. From a distance he watched the young men his own age begin to marry and raise families. But in his silence he dared not approach the young women, being unable to sing the love songs they yearned to hear. One day Owl and Cedar were talking. How sad and lonely the young human is, said Cedar. His heart is as large as the mountain, agreed Owl. But they had no idea how to comfort him. Night came, and Cedar stretched forth her branches to be touched by the star's light. A breeze blew through the forest, rustling the leaves and whistling. Suddenly, a soft but tuneful noise moved among the trees. Cedar, who was still awake, spoke to Owl, who was peering intently at the ground looking for his dinner. Owl, do you hear that sound, old friend? Owl cocked his head to the side. Yes, I hear it. Where is it coming from? I will see, said Owl, flittering away. After a while, Owl returned with a big smile twisting his feathery face. It's coming from the old one who was struck by the thunder's lightning many seasons ago. There's a burned limb that has become hollow. When wind blows through it, it sings that song. Cedar was silent for many moments. Then she began whispering to Owl. The next morning, Squirrel was sent to find Termite an owl hunted for woodpecker. Beaver was called to make use of his large, sharp teeth, chewing a small cedar branch to the right length. Termite then burrowed through the branch from end to end. 
and woodpecker pecked holes through into the hollow center. Raccoon was directed to a pocket of pitch on Pine Tree's side, and Owl showed him which end to press a small amount of the pitch into. All this work took them four seasons to complete. It was fall, and wild strawberries dotted the ground. Cedar had Raccoon carry the red stick to where the young human lay on the fragrant pine boughs dropped for him, leaving it by his side as he slept. The young man found it when sun rose the next morning, but he did not understand what it was for. As was his way, he went for a walk in the forest to see if he could find a lesson. While he was walking, Blue Jay squawked her song, and Elk bugled on the ridge. But it was not until he heard the wind whistling in the lodgepole pine that he thought to raise it to his lips and breathe. The tuneful noise startled him, causing him to move his hands on the red cedar. Breathing into it again made a different sound. Soon he discovered that by covering the holes with the tips of his fingers and pursing his lips, his breath could make the red stick sing. Fascinated, he began playing from dawn to dusk. Soon its voice became his own. Finally able to express the songs that had waited a lifetime in his heart, he vowed to fast four days on the mountain in gratitude. Seven power songs came to him there, and the world sighed hearing those beautiful sounds echoing into the canyons below. After coming down from the mountain, he crept near the river where the maidens washed and giggled in the warm afternoon sun. He hid behind a rock and was careful not to look their way. He did not want to disturb their modesty and embarrass them. He began to flute. Usually they chattered together like magpies trying to remember ten generations of stories, but when they heard his flute, they became silent. When he had finished the seven songs, he did not wait to hear what they had to say, but sprinted away into the forest. Playing for them had lifted his loneliness and brought joy to his heart, but he was too shy to let them see him. I've never heard a bird with such a sweet and mournful song, one of the maidens said. The other nut-brown girls agreed as they gently brushed and braided each other's long black hair. They dressed hurriedly, eager to return to the village and tell of the strange new bird by the river. Grandmother Moon filled and emptied many times as the peoples became used to the haunting and wonderful sounds coming from their earth. The gatherers heard them as they bundled firewood or dug roots. The hunters heard them on deer trails, by fishing pools, and on the wide grassy plains where the buffalo gathered. The planters heard it as they put the seeds of the corn, beans, and squash in the ground. Mothers heard it in the willow as they went out to give birth. But the maidens heard it the most. It seemed to follow them everywhere. The elders and storytellers talked about it all the time. They questioned guests from other nations to see if they knew its source, but it was a mystery to all. Finally, their curiosity became so great they called upon their greatest tracker to find out where the sounds were coming from. When the tracker returned, 
he was shaking his head in amazement. The elders patiently waited for him to finish smoking the pipe, eager to hear the truth they knew would come from his lips. Their eyes widened when he told them the sound was coming from a strange stick in the mouth of their voiceless one. He had spent so little time among them they had all but forgotten him, accepting that he seemed to prefer to live by himself. One of the warrior societies was sent out to bring him in to be presented to the council. He was very frightened when they surrounded him at his next river serenade, but came back with him peacefully. The old man of the people, who had the most seasons of them all, rose to speak. Placing a wrinkled hand on the frightened shoulder of the young man, he realized that the flute player was unaccustomed to being among men. His eyes were gentle and loving, and he spoke softly into the young man's ear. Where did you learn this wonderful skill that rivals the songs of the birds? The flute player shook his head and motioned that he could not speak. The old man gestured in the language of hands, but still the young man did not answer. He neither speaks nor signs, said another elder. The old man spoke again. We know that you've lived apart from us, but we are your people. Perhaps we hurt you in some way we do not remember, but if we have, we are sorry. The grandfathers have given you a wonderful gift. We plead with you to remain here among us so that we may hear your beautiful voice openly. Be our sweet singer. The people nodded and made welcoming noises. The young man's heart was filled with joy. He understood that his people wanted him. He no longer needed to live apart. And though he often returned to the forest to visit his other relatives, he took up his life as a human being. Over time, he learned to make the red singing sticks himself, and he gave them away generously during giveaways and gatherings. One day, while fluting for the cottonwood fluff filling a summer sky, a dark and beautiful maiden wrapped her blanket around him and chose him for her own. After their ceremony, all the young men began to flute for maidens, and the air was filled with their longing. Even today, the ghost of a human being can be seen, standing with his arms gratefully wrapped around cedar's trunk. And as owl hoots in the darkness, that beautiful sound of a red stick singing sweetens our dreams.